Thank you for listening in to our prayer cast from AfriChrist Prayer Ministries, the ministry that reaches out to the busy person, the millennials, the professionals of all fields, and to the underchurched, uh, often unreached people. We believe the scripture that says that the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. We also believe, just like Jesus did, and the disciples, Paul and the prophets of old, that our prayers should have impact every time. And so we believe in praying with impact in our ministry. Jesus never prayed a prayer that failed, and he never sent out a command that didn't achieve its intended purpose. He prayed and commanded with words of impact. We are confident that the Bible-based prayer principles that we teach never fail. The Bible says that God's word never comes back to him void. If our prayers are initiated of the Holy Spirit, as it says in Romans 8, then they will never come back void to us. We would appreciate if we recommend our prayer cast to your friends. Uh, we would also appreciate if you recommend our app, Afri Christ, to your friends. This app can be downloaded from the Apple App Store and also the Google Play Store, and it reaches out to people like you. God bless you as you're listening. Thank you. Hello, friends. This is Sam Kawesa, your host, coming to you from our AfriChrist podcast studios. I'm excited today because we are going to discuss some uh, scriptures that will help you to see that prayer is really a very worthwhile tool for you, and God gave it to us so that we can be able to access uh, spiritual things that we normally would not control or things in the invisible that we could not control. But through prayer, we can access all the different resources and ways that we can touch and change things here on earth. As a matter of fact, he made it easy to reach him, but still there are certain things that we have to do in order to access authority that we have. And the tools that he has given us are really twofold, prayer and the other one, the word of God. They never leave each other. They go together. This is a two-lane freeway or highway that we use in order to reach certain resources and certain results when we pray. Those two go hand in hand. And as we become even more mature Christians, we see that uh, it's so powerful. You even ask yourself, what if I knew this earlier? My life would have been different in so many different ways. And that's because we are not taught many times. So in this podcast today, we are going to see uh, how we can do this using prayer and the word. Now, so the um, title for our podcast today is Praying Through Until Victory. In other words, never ever give up once you start praying. Because if our prayers are initiated of the Holy Spirit, that means it's the Word of God. And the Word of God never comes back void to Him. So the key is here, we have to know that our prayer, the things that we are praying for or about, it was initiated by God Himself. Because this is our life to live. He wants us to live as His children, as His representatives here on earth. He wants us to reflect Him, in other words, to the world out there, to the lost world, to the dying world, to the suffering world. But many times it's even our own situations that we have to pray through. And so, we're going to go through so many different scriptures here, but stay put, and by the end of this podcast, you will be blessed. Because I know as I researched this, as I went through the Bible, the Word of God, and looking at examples, 
I was blessed myself. For example, when you're driving a car, you want to know how fast a car is going. You look at the speedometer, you press on gas, and then the car starts to move to the desired speed that you want. So if the speed limit is 50 miles per hour, you look at your speedometer, you put your foot on the gas pedal, and then you press. And when you press, that car starts to move, and you can see the speedometer you know, showing you it's going to the level that you want it to go. Another thing that you measure in life is time. You know, you look at the clock. The, the hand goes around in a circle of 12 or 24 if you're using the 24-hour clock. But it's the same amount of time in every day that we are given. And so you can look at it and say it is 3 o'clock. If you want to know how much you weigh, you stand on a scale. And the scale tells you, oh, you are so many pounds or kilograms or whatever you use. That scale has been calibrated to be a kilogram whether it's you standing on it or if somebody else stands on it. And it's going to be the same. So it won't give you one kilogram just for you. And then when someone comes on and they are one kilogram also, it will give you, ah, it's a kilogram and a half or it's half a kilogram. No, a kilogram is a kilogram. A pound is a pound. And so you use the scale. Why? It standardizes the weight. It is a standard measuring gauge. So these gauges that we have in the natural, they tell us in a standard way, so whether it's the weight, whether it's temperature, whether it's uh, uh, speed, it's all the same for everyone regardless of who does it, okay? So now I want you to take that same concept when it comes to prayer and the Word of God. So when it comes to spiritual things, can you usually measure in a similar way? Can you say, you know what, I prayed and this has happened, or I pray and this is expected to happen because it happened for so-and-so and so should happen for me. Now the key is this, one of the things is the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. If you use your word the exactly the same way he has given you to use it for a particular situation, you are going to get similar results for all of you. He will not give you one result for this one person and another result for the other. The measurement is the same. So now, how do we translate these things into the five senses of human beings, of humanity? You know, there are five senses that we use to measure different things or to live around here on earth. You know, we use the eyesight to see, we use the ears to hear, we use the tongue to taste, we use the nose to smell, and then we use the touch. You know, touching of our skin is sensitive to different things. Uh, our hands are sensitive. You can touch something and you say, this is a pen. So the thing is this, there are certain things that are standard in life. And whether it's you using it or somebody else using it, it's going to result in the same thing. Now, you may use the pen to produce different sentences to mean different things. But as far as the delivery of the ink, it's going to be the same. Now, it will be up to you to use it. So that's why the Bible says that he gives us the desires of our hearts. Because God knows that we can use the same scriptures, but the desires of our hearts are going to be different. The key is that those desires have to match with the will of God. And we shall see a scripture to that, okay? So now, I can really emphatically say that yes, we can get um, results from prayer and we can pray until we see victory, okay? As we continue in our conversation, you're going to see that, that our prayers and the things that we do in life really match up. Sometimes we may be aware of 
sometimes we may not be aware of. Because the Bible says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Now, we also know one thing, that our righteousness is not our own. Because we as human beings, the Bible says that our righteousness is but like filthy rag. However, if we are in Christ, his righteousness becomes our righteousness. God does not look at us. He looks at Jesus Christ because we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. In fact, Jesus himself said that he never does anything until he sees the Father do or he never says anything. So on the tomb of Lazarus, he went and prayed and he looked up and said, Father, I thank you that uh, when I pray you hear me and that you answer me. And then he commanded Lazarus to come out. So at that point when Jesus spoke, he was speaking the will of the Father. Lazarus had to come out. That was the will of the Father, that Lazarus would come out of that grave. Now, when we pray, it's not our own righteousness that we have. Then one thing you know, the prayers that you pray, which are initiated of God, as it says in Romans 8, because it says, we know not what to pray, but the Spirit of God puts those prayers in us. So as long as you're standing in His will, the righteousness of Christ, the righteousness of God will be manifest in your prayers. You are not just going to pray flimsy stuff. That's why it's important to employ the power and the direction of the Holy Spirit. So now, these are the guiding principles that we shall follow as we go on. If you can, write these things down so you see where we are as we go through the different scriptures because I may not have a chance to come back and say this is point number one or point number this. There are going to be four guiding uh, principles in this uh, podcast, okay? Now, don't, don't forget, we have to mix the Word of God with prayer. That is, when you mix the things that you believe in with the Word of God, then faith is lifted up in you and things start to happening. And for that, we're going to use the scripture, Hebrews 4, 1 through 2. It says, God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. For this good news that God has prepared his, this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. It did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. What God gave those people as his word, these people did not mix it with their faith. And when they didn't mix it with their faith, it did them no good. In other words, God spoke. And so they were supposed to mix the faith that has been given to them or told about. And they are supposed to mix it with the word of God that was given to his prophets. But these people, it did them no good because they didn't mix it. Okay. Then number two, pray in confidence. Know that God is able and standing on his word in prayer works. And we're going to see that from First John, uh, John 5. 14 through 15, it says this, And we are confident that he hears us when we ask him for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. That's the confidence that we have. So you have to have the confidence that God is going to give you what he has, what you are asking him. Remember, we talked about in Romans chapter 8, it says that we know not what to pray, 
but he the spirit of god he gives us the things that we pray and god cannot give you flimsy things he can't just give you unrealistic prayers his word never comes back void to him so now in first john 5:14 through 15 he says and we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him okay then number 3 another principle that we're going to stand on is we have to use the powerful name of Jesus and we're going to see this in John 16:23 through 24 and it says this at that time you won't need to ask me for anything i tell you the truth you will ask the father directly and he will grant you your request because you use my name you haven't done this before ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy in other words he is telling his disciples that after he's gone you have not prayed now you have not approached god yourself now you've been here with me and you have been seeing what he does through me and everything that you have received as of now you have received through me in my physical presence but the time is going to come when you're just going to use my name and i give the example of the authority of the name of jesus this way when a policeman when an fbi agent comes to your door and knocks and shows you the badge you know where that authority is coming from an authority that the nation the city or whatever has vested in that badge so the same thing we are when we use the name of jesus we are standing in his stead in instead of him we are using him we are going out there and we are presenting another good example is this if you have money in the bank and you go to buy something i don't know what you have or what you don't have but once you pull out your card you show the card and then somehow you know and you have faith that that money in the bank has actually moved to your own account how do you know that the system has been set up where you know that when this happens and this happens and then this click and you swipe your card and it goes ding whatever it is the this person selling you something goes by faith he says okay you can have this item we don't know how do they know that money is there because the system has been set up to show that when such and such happens then the money goes to you now if we human beings can do that why don't we believe that this person is using the word of god this person when he uses the word of god this way and the other that such and such happens when we say in the name of jesus be healed why don't we believe it's going to happen when he has given us every reason to believe and so many examples to believe then why don't we believe it's going to happen well i'm trying to help you today to believe that once you know these principles it's going to happen just stand firm okay uh, the last one principle is this evaluate your progress evaluate your progress if things are not working don't blame god no instead look at what you have done look at yourself look at your walk look at the word look at your uh, um your motive he gave us a key here the will of god okay evaluate and then change if you need to adjust if necessary then you proceed how do i do that in joshua 2 
verse 1, it says, Then Joshua secretly sent out two spies from the Israelite camp at Acacia Grove. He instructed them, Scout out the land on the other side of the Jordan, especially around Jericho. So the two men set out and came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there that night. They went and stayed at a prostitute's house so that they can spy out the land. Sometimes God is going to tell you to do things that you don't expect, that don't make sense at all. Why did he send them to the house of the priests in that city? Why? Why did he send him to house of the nobles in that city? But instead he sent him to the house of a prostitute. Because God can use this person whose heart he knows that that heart once it's touched by the Holy Spirit, it's going to be transformed. It's going to change. Then God will use situations that don't make sense to anyone, to you especially. And God will say, go to that place and do such and such. I'll give you an example of um, when you really follow the will of the Father. You can do things that you can never imagine you could do or you weren't even thinking about. Uh, a couple of days ago, my wife was going to take her car to the uh, shop for a regular service. And that morning, when I was praying, God led me to a scripture. You know, the scripture that says that uh, um, Christians shouldn't be suing other Christians and I was out there and I was reading it and I'm thinking, hmm, in, uh, I think it's in First, first Corinthians. And I'm thinking, why? Why am I uh, reading this scripture? So I just read it anyway, two verses or so. And then I prayed and I just meditated and then didn't mind anything. So when we go to the shop, and this shop is a very busy shop, very busy repair shop. And, um, and it's owned by a friend of ours. And so when we got in there, there was this young man who was screaming his head off. Whatever it was, he wasn't happy with what had taken place with his car. And he was very angry. He was very angry. And the owner of the shop, who is our friend, was just sitting there just looking at him very calmly. And so we got in. And then I noticed one thing. My wife started praying under her breath. And I know her. I know when she starts to pray. So she was praying. And for me, I was just looking at this young man, just, just listening to him. And then he went on and on and on and on and on. I'm telling you, five, ten minutes was going on. Then I finally just touched him and I said, Hey, uh, okay, I know, I, I know your pain. I feel your pain now. But um, is it okay if uh, we pray with you? And I don't know where that came from. But then anyway, he says, Oh, I know all about prayer. And he went on and on. And then, then he turned to my wife. Like, he, did, he didn't want anything to do to hear about no prayer, but you could see there was a crumbling in his spirit. And then he goes to my wife, and he started telling, like my wife was his mom, he's telling um, his story, why he's so angry, and blah, blah, and my wife just listened to him. Then eventually she started to talk quietly, she started to tell him about uh, being humble, about uh, not... Uh, taking things out of hand, uh, no need to call the police, how they, you know, peace. And, you know, she just went on to talk to him. And the young man started to calm down, to listen. And then I started also to speak to him. And I started to tell him, you know, we started basically to minister to him. I don't take long on this story. But the key is, 
Eventually, I talked to him. As I was talking to him, I told him about this morning, you know, that my prayer, uh, in my prayer time, the Lord led me to this scripture. And the scripture was like, wouldn't you rather, don't you have anyone among you to settle these disputes among yourself? Do you really have to go out there to, uh, to sue? And then we talked to him other things. And then I told him about my podcast and I told him, hey, um, this is a podcast about forgiveness. Maybe you can forgive one another. Maybe a solution can come out. And then I told him, you know what? The Bible says that when you go to a place, leave your peace in that place. And I told him that my wife and I intend to leave our peace here. So eventually we ended up praying for one hour. No one came in that busy shop. So I told the young man, you see, God loves you so much that he has locked these doors so that no one comes in here so that we can solve this issue. Why am I saying this? The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. My wife and I went to this place not because of who we are that we could calm this man up, but it's because Christ in us. The steps, our steps were guided of the Lord. As a matter of fact, we were there a little later than we are supposed to be. And that is the reason. I found out that's the reason God wanted us to meet this young man in this situation at that time. If we had come earlier at the time that we had, we could have missed him. But God brought it up. But anyway, the situation was solved. And that, show, that goes to show when, the steps of, when your steps are guided of the Lord, let me tell you, he will lead you into situations that you will be surprised of yourself. I want you to know that the Lord is the one leading and guiding us. I want us to look at some scriptures that will help us to navigate this two-way highway of prayer and the word of God in order to pray through so we can get results to victory because that's our aim is to know to pray until we get victory because many times we talk about praying through praying through and we think that praying through necessarily means you have to stay up all night all day 10 days and whatever it is it could be so god may tell you to do that as a matter of praying through but praying through sometimes the freeway is a short a freeway maybe sometimes it's two miles maybe sometimes it's from state to state so it doesn't matter. Every situation is different. Don't be boxed in into one thing. So just remember that effective prayer is gauged and evidenced by changed lives. So like when that man's life was changed or on the phone, I showed him where my podcasts are. He said, let me take a picture of it. So he took out his smartphone and took a picture of the uh, web page where these podcasts are posted. And he said, I'm going to look him up. I'm going to look him up. That is a changed life. So effectiveness in prayer evidenced by changed lives. Remember, we talked about gauges. We talked about the meter. We talked about the different um, things that we use to measure. For us, we use the word of God to see that results come to what we intend them to be. Okay. So when there are changed lives or situations or circumstances, then we know that the prayer has been uh, effective. Our effectiveness in prayer may be affected by a multitude or multiple circumstances, either positively or negatively. It may be affected by outside influences, such as spiritual resistance. In the Bible, Daniel had prayed and prayed, and the Bible says that you know an angel came to him and told him, Hey, Daniel, ever since you started praying, 
the answer came, but there was resistance from the prince of uh, the prince of Persia, being a prince of Persia being an angel of Satan at you know in those days, and so he was resisting. He was resisting the answer from reaching Daniel, but the Bible says that his answer was already given. In other words. It, the results were already in the works, but there was resistance. And many times when we pray, there seems to be a resistance. Sometimes, you know, prayers seem to just bounce back and unanswered by God. So, uh, we, you know, that's what we think. God has not answered my prayer. It feels like you, every time you go, they just bounce right back like a tennis ball. You know, we must understand that God is omniscient, you know. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He doesn't necessarily answer our prayers the way we want to, but he will give us the patience and the spirit of comfort to know that he has answered. That's what that word meant when we said, this is the confidence that we have. Remember in our First John, one of our uh, principles, this is the confidence that we have. Those scriptures that I gave you, I hope you wrote them down because I'll constantly be referring to them in principle. Okay, so... This is the confidence that we have. As long as we have prayed according to the Holy Spirit, we know that God is going to answer him. Just like, you know, I gave you those examples again, that, you know, when we do the natural things, we expect certain results because the instrument has been calibrated a certain way. Guess what? That's the same way. The Word of God has been calibrated a certain way that we are going to get results. So, it will be helpful to find out how to walk in His will by faith so that we may pray much more effectively with confidence, okay? I also uh, talked about evaluating and changing if necessary. You know, effective prayer is evidenced by changed lives, like I said. If the situations don't change, that means something is not working. So we have to go through that evaluation process. Through Jesus, victory is already won. We know that the end is in sight. So, uh, many times we, we have a saying that, uh, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, when we pray with the name of Jesus, guess what? The light is at the end of the tunnel. But the key is, are we going to get to that light? We may continue to pray the way we have always prayed, even if things do not work. You know, God is not going to force us. Or we may just decide to evaluate something is not right. And guess what? In your spirit, somehow you know that you need to change. You know, many uh, many times God's will and solutions require diligence and consistency on our part. You know, what we may look at impractical, uh, something that's not practical, to God is practical. That's the way He wants us to do things. Maybe the way, maybe God's will is different than what you think. And sometimes that's what we have to know, is that God's will may be different than what we think. So we may have to change uh, um, the way we are doing things so that we are in line with the will of God. God's path to His will requires obedience first. You know, the Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice. So just because you are kneeling down and you, are, you, know, you think you're sacrificing your time, that does not necessarily mean that you're going to get the results of your prayer. So sometimes God will tell you, get up and do this, do the, uh, do the other do this for this person. And so when you when you are in obedience to, to the Word of God, you find yourself walking in the will of God. Sometimes 
you have to do things that are different because obedience is better than sacrifice. God wants you to be obedient to his spirit and he will choose his spirit in whichever form he decides or through whichever person he decides. But once you are in the spirit, you will know that now God has spoken. Okay, Luke chapter uh, 6 verse 12 it says, And it came to pass that in those days that he went out into the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Prayer is the beginning of work. Okay, I always tell people, prayer is the beginning of work, not the end of it. Look at Jesus. Jesus went and prayed all night instead of sleeping. He went to pray all night. We shall define praying through as a stand of faith. In prayer by the believer, you know, on the promises of God. And it could be about any situation until one achieves God's desired result based on his will, based on God's will. So for us, praying through just means, you know, a believer praying, standing on the promises of God about any situation until there's what we call breakthrough or until we see the manifestation of the answer. That is to us praying through. If you stay in the mode of prayer, you are on that highway of prayer and the word of God. And God will give you words of wisdom in his word. Things that you never knew you knew. He will give you a word and you start praying it. And then you start saying it. Guess what? You'll see a breakthrough. You'll see a breakthrough. Okay? See, God promises us in the book of Zechariah, uh, chapter 4 verse 6 through 7 who is the power behind praying okay when we say we are praying through it's not our power it's him you know the new living uh, translations uh, says it very well it says then he said to me this is what the lord says to zerubbabel it is not by force nor by strength but by my spirit says the lord of heaven's armies nothing not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, May God bless it. May God bless it. In other words, God is telling us here that it's not by power, not by might out there, but by his spirit. So it's by the spirit of God that we are directed and led into powerful prayer that prays through, okay? Praying through requires mixing of that faith with his word. That's what the Bible says, and that's what we said earlier in Hebrews 4.2. You know, failure to enter into God's rest is because we don't mix his word in our faith. What does God's rest mean? Rest, I'm not talking necessarily physical rest, but to rest in your spirit to know that what you are praying about is going to happen. You feel rested, even though the whole world out there, you know, the Bible says that mountains may crumble and the seas may roar. Now, Jesus stood on the uh, waters and says, peace, be still. Okay, when he says that, the heavens and the earth and whatever it is, they know God has spoken and there will be a stillness that will bring his rest in your spirit. And when that rest in your spirit comes, it does not matter what situation comes your way. You know one thing, 
you are going to have victory. So you have to mix the word of God with your prayer. You have to mix your prayer with the word of God. And then the final result is going to be a faith that even you yourself can't explain, okay? For example, I'll give you another example in the Bible. In Exodus 17, 8-16, Joshua fought in the valley while Moses prayed or lifted his arms up in the air. And the Lord showed them that if you keep your hands up there, Joshua in the valley will keep winning. And then Moses kept his hands up in the air praying to God or lifting up the name of God. They don't tell us what exactly prayer he was saying, but you know, the actions, that's what they showed. Now, my question is, how can just the raising of hands cause victory in the valley? And when Moses was tired and his hands started to go down, Joshua would be losing in the battle. Then he says, oh my goodness. So he told Aaron to hold his one arm and then her to hold his other arm. So they both helped him up so that his tired hand would stay up in the air so that Joshua can win. That's a translation of the power of God from the natural or from the spiritual into the natural. Because what that means is when we follow the word of God, when we stand believing in the word of God, when we mix the word of God with our faith, things happen. How did they mix the word of God? Because God spoke to him. God told him to raise his hands up so that, uh, towards heaven so that Joshua can win. That's the word of God. It's called the rhema, the spoken word of God. Many times uh, God speaks to us through the logos these days because that's how we know how to approach God today. We just go up to, you know, we go to read the Word of God, we quote the Bible, which is okay. But many times those who are in the Spirit, they can hear the Word of God because God will prompt their spirit to do something and it will be unconventional. And guess what? In the natural things start to happen, okay? Another example I can give you is in First Samuel 1. Uh, that's 19 through 28, the story of Hannah when she was praying for a son. She was praying for a son because she was barren and she wanted a child and she wasn't getting a child. And so when she went to the temple, she started mumbling out to God. And the man of God who was in church or who was in the temple started to think she's drunk. And he came to chastise and told her that, you know what, can't you even keep your wine away even during the temple service? And she says, no, your honor, I am not drunk as you may think but instead i'm pouring out my heart to god in that prayer she promised to god that if i get this child i'll return this child to you now i want you to understand something many times we stop at the prayer of hannah at that point because she promised god okay and then she went on to have a baby but this was a continuous prayer because as you read those scriptures the interesting part is that then after the child was born, they were going to go to the temple, okay? And then she told the husband, no, 
I'm not taking this child to the temple yet until I can wean him off of my breast. That way I can present him to God. Because when I prayed to God, I promised that I'll bring this child to you to serve you. In other words, this prayer did not stop at the nine months when she had the baby. This prayer is continuous. It continues with our own promises unto God. Many times when we pray, the reason we don't get a breakthrough is that as soon as we start to see something that we prayed for, we stop. But in the, in, when we, if we go back and re-evaluate our prayer, remember we talked about evaluation. When we re-evaluate our prayer, we're going to see that we made all these promises as we talked back and forth with God. But as soon as we got what we wanted, we stopped. This lady says, no, I'm not going to go to the temple until I'm able to present this child to God. So that this child may serve God. So that's what Hannah did. Her prayer was continuous up until that time when she took Samuel and presented Samuel to Eli and said, this is the child. In fact, when she went there, when you read those scriptures, I want you to read them. It's in 1 Samuel 1, 19-28. She went back and told him that, remember, I'm the woman who stood here and was praying for a child and you thought I was drunk? Well, this is the child because when I prayed, I promised God that I'll bring this child back to you to serve you. And here is the boy child. And when she did that, Guess what? Her womb was open. By the way, she had more children, but she had made this promise. So when you start a prayer, always reevaluate when did I quit on this prayer? Many times for us, we quit when God starts to answer. But no, that's not the whole prayer. So then later on, we find things are not happening, and then we realize that, oh, oh, uh, it didn't really happen. God didn't this do the other. But you know, really what has happened in this case is that we quit beforehand because we got what we wanted and we stopped the prayer. The prayer was supposed to be a prayer that is continuous, okay? So, you have to understand that in your praying for uh, a situation, sometimes the prayer is longer than you think and you may quit sooner than you should have and so it ends up to be that you are not getting what you want out of this prayer. So to pray through, always reevaluate your prayer to see if you are where you are supposed to be. Okay? Now, I just want you to also see that when God answers our prayers, He answers them for our benefit. So sometimes what may seem like an unanswered prayer is really unanswered prayer of no. God has just said no because he doesn't want you to do that or receive that or go there or whatever it is. And he wants, he has something much better for you. God's answers will always be for our own good and for his glory, of course. The, you know, they may seem negative in the short term. The promises are real though. That's what Romans 8.28 says that, And we know that all things work out together for good for those who love the Lord and to them who are called according to his purpose. And so once you get that scripture embedded in you, you know that, let me keep praying. Let me keep praying because I know it's going to work out because I trust in God. Another important factor to consider is this. In evaluating our prayer life, the best place to start is to check our belief system, you know, and the circumstances surrounding our prayer closet. 
What, you know, what does that mean? Nothing happens without God knowing. He is in control even when it's painful. He is neither surprised nor overwhelmed by demonic opposition. In evaluating your prayer, I want you to check your prayer closet. And I'll give you an example in the Bible to show you what I mean by examining your prayer closet. You are in this circumstance. You are in this situation. But in the spiritual realm, different things are taking place and you may not be aware of. However, they are taking place. Say, for example, nothing happens without God knowing. He's in full control. I want you to know that sometimes it may be painful. But he's in full control. It may be a fearful situation, but he is in control. Our God is able. Our God is in control. He's neither surprised nor overwhelmed by any demonic opposition that may be around you. When we are in the spirit, the physical always is covered by the spiritual. We see this in the example of Elisha, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 14 through 18. And that goes like this. So, one night, the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what shall we do? The young man cried out to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. As the Aramean army advanced toward him, Elisha prayed to God again, O Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness, as Elisha had asked. Then Elisha went out and told them, You have come the wrong way. Now, if you look at this scripture, let's examine our prayer closet here. These are two different people serving the Lord. The young man could not see, but Elisha could see. How could it be that these things are there, but this young man hasn't seen? As we can see in the story, Elisha prayed that the eyes of his understanding may be opened. In other words, Elisha interceded so that this guy could see into the spiritual realm things that he cannot see in the natural. Sometimes our prayer closet is surrounded in a way that we don't even know. We have to pray to God so that he may show us the situation. Things that we don't understand, things that we do not see, God already has seen. He's not surprised by anything in your situation. Just pray to him and say, Lord, show me. What should I do? How am I supposed to go about this? And you, like this young man, guess what? God will open your eyes. You may be praying for somebody. You need a breakthrough. They are the ones in the thick of things. And you're wondering, oh my God, can't they see this? Can't they see this? My child, my friend, my wife, my husband, whatever it is. What you do at that point, instead of going to them, because you know, you can't show them what things that they can't see spiritually. But God can. So what you do? You go and intercede. And you pray, Lord, show them. Guide them. Lead them. Protect them. Whatever it is. Before you know it, in the spiritual realm, the things that are already there, they will see. They will be laid. And that's what intercession is all about in this situation. Just remember one thing. 
Nothing surprises God. You have to stay in prayer mode. You have to stay praying. You have to know that he is sovereign and he is in control. Nothing is going to surprise him or anybody around you. Now, finally, I want us to go through this. I know there are a lot more things we could have covered, but because of time, one of the most important things is this, to understand the Holy Spirit. One of the biggest infractions we commit in our prayers is failure to recognize the involvement of the Holy Spirit in our prayers. The Bible says that we do not know how to pray, but that the Spirit of God knows God's heart and therefore His will. The Holy Spirit keeps our prayers within the will of God. The Holy Spirit has to be recognized as the power behind the move of God's hand. God will show you how His Spirit works when you accept that God's Spirit is all around you and that His power will be manifest when you accept the Holy Spirit because that's how he guys remember Jesus told his disciples when he was leaving the earth that I'm going away but now just use my name as the badge and he will give you whatever you ask however in another scripture he tells them that I'm going away but I will not leave you helpless I'll send you the Holy Spirit who shall show you things so we have to recognize the Holy Spirit being around us, the Holy Spirit guiding and leading us, and that in this walk, in this fight, in this prayer, He is with us and He will never leave us nor forsake us. So, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is there with you, He is around you, He is in you, and God is going to use Him to guide and lead and direct you in your praying through. So that's the last part that I need you to do is to recognize the Holy Spirit. So just to summarize, some of the things that we talked about um, and the principles that we used in here in praying through is you have to mix the Word of God with your prayer, as we saw Hebrews verse 1 and 2, and then pray in confidence that God is able and that standing on His Word in prayer works. And we saw that in First John 5, 14 through 5, okay? And then use the powerful name of Jesus, and that is in John 16, 23 through 24. And then evaluate your progress. Adjust if you need to. And we saw the story of um, Joshua sending the, uh, the spies. And as we have seen many times, God works in ways that we just never imagined he could. Just allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. You will pray through. And now praying through, like I said, is not necessarily long prayers. Neither is it necessarily short prayers. It is as we are guided by the Spirit of God. Stay put. Be guided by the Holy Spirit. Recognize Him and He will guide you into your breakthrough. Amen. So in this podcast, I'd like to end with prayer so that God will guide us again in our breakthroughs. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercies. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your guidance. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for our badge, the banner, the name of Jesus. That when we present the name of Jesus, even as he has promised, you hear us and you answer us. And because you answer us, we know that the results that we get are in your will. Help us to keep in your will, Father. Help us not to be discouraged by the things around us. 
let us examine and look and evaluate our prayer closet so that we may see that those who surround us are greater than those who are against us. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm praying for my brother and sisters up there, those who are trusting in you for a breakthrough. Show them like you've never shown them what a breakthrough really means through your word and through prayer. Let them trust in you. Let them learn to hold on to your word and never give up. Let them realize that you're sovereign and nothing surprises you in any situation or circumstance, that you are there, even as you promised Jesus, that you never leave us nor forsake us. Let people know those principles and be guided by those principles and know that our Father in heaven cares, that Jesus cared enough to say that I'll send you a helper, the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is gentle enough to lead and guide us. Holy Spirit, show us, guide us, lead us, help us, lift us up. Situations that seem impossible. It may be a diagnosis. Father, in the name of Jesus, you are above all illnesses and sicknesses. It may be about a job. It may be persecution of any kind. Any kind, Lord, we bring it before you because you are more powerful than the persecutors. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, may your power manifest in your children when they call upon your name. Because your word never comes back void to you, give them a word to pray, a word of prayer, whatever it may be in their situation, that they will know and have that confidence that you will answer that prayer, that you have already answered that prayer. We thank you, we glorify you in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now and forever be blessed. Amen and amen. Okay, my friends, now it's time to sign out. But before we do that, I want to do what we do always in this podcast. I want us to go and see our downloads and see those countries that download our podcast. I know a lot of people love them. I do too, by the way. That's one of my favorite things to do here. And so, here we go. This time I'm going to really mention some of the newer countries that I have never seen here before also. But as usual, we see um, we have the United States, we have Bermuda, we have Gabon, Nigeria, Saudi Arabia, Norway, France, we have, uh, oh, Canada's falling down. I won't say how far it has, but Canada is there. Uganda, Rwanda. Oh my God, some of these have really um, taken up the download um, king. And so, once again, United States is up on top, but we see all these others that are coming in, and I thank God for all these countries and many more. The Philippines, I see India, and I see Pakistan. Oh my goodness, thank you, Father, for all these countries. And as we reach these countries, I ask you, Father, that people come to know who you are in their lives in the name of Jesus. So have a great day, whatever is remaining of it for you. Be blessed. I love you. And thank you for your support. And please pass on our podcast to other people. Don't forget. All you have to do is Google AfriChrist Prayer podcasts and they will show up in the different platforms but we are on spotify we are on apple itunes we are on um, google podcasts we are on all those platforms and many more on backtracks we are on so many uh, platforms now alexa 
So all you have to do is use your internet and find your favorite um, podcast platform. Music